0: Today is Wednesday, December 27, 2017, and I'm on my way to work. Unfortunately, I have to work the week between Christmas and New Year's, um, which I haven't done too much in the past. Most places are closed, but that's okay. I'm so thankful to have my new job that I I don't mind, and uh, I enjoy the work. Christmas went surprisingly well. But I think that's uh, in part due to the fact that I did not read any of the divorce papers that came to me from my attorney last week. So last week, a couple days before Christmas Eve, um, Mike's attorney sent five or six documents to my attorney, which of course she sent right over, and my attorney said she wanted to talk about these things. And I, I said well um, if you see anything in there that's really pressing or needs my attention immediately let me know and we'll talk about it otherwise I would rather wait until after Christmas to read the papers and talk about it because it's so upsetting and causes me so much stress anxiety and fear and I knew it would just ruin Christmas Um, if there's a bunch of stuff in there that's upsetting, and I'm sure there is, and my attorney emailed me back and said, "Yes, let's wait um, until after the holiday, so you're not worrying about this." So I'm I'm um, anticipating unpleasant things in these papers, and probably some blaming, and uh, who knows what. And I know Mike was supposed to answer our discovery request. Um, anyway, so I, what I'm going to do today is when I'm at work, uh, I'm going to like maybe take a break at lunch or something and sit down and read them because my attorney and I have a phone call today at 3:30, and, um, we're going to talk about these papers. Thankfully, I'm the only one in the office today. I will be literally by myself in the office so I can take some time to read through the papers and, I uh, have a call with my with my lawyer this afternoon, but Christmas went surprisingly well. Uh, we spent the entire time at Mike's uh, out there. I went on Christmas Eve early in the day, or late morning, I guess you could say. And I took lots of food. I brought a huge bone-in ham and potatoes, broccoli, cookies, all kinds of stuff. I tons of food milk, chocolate milk, all that stuff, eggs, took it all over to Mike's, and the kids were really happy to see that they're they're staying out at Mike's um, over the break. Our daughter is off school for a month, and our son, of course, has two weeks off from high school, and so I made a huge Christmas Eve dinner by myself. No one lifted a finger to help me. Uh, I tried to get my kids engaged in cooking, and they were both just wrapped up in themselves and on the phone with friends and video games and watching TV and whatever. And they uh, really didn't engage much. Um, Teenagers are so self-centered. I'll just say that. I was too. I was too. I was once a very self-centered jerk teenager anyone who knew me will probably agree. But anyway, um, so I made a huge dinner uh, out at Mike's and I set a beautiful table. I had purchased a couple of um, beautiful candles, tapers and red red ones. And I had lit beautiful candles for the table and laid out placemats. And I had purchased uh, some special Christmas napkins and I, you know, put out the dishes, and I tried to make the table really pretty, Um, and so then everyone ate and really loved it. I made twice-baked potatoes and a big ham, and the ham was absolutely fantastic. I slow-cooked it uh, for many hours uh, all afternoon. Anyway, had a fun dinner together, and the, the kids were funny and chatty. Mike was polite. He was uh, courteous and it was a nice, it was a nice, um, Christmas Eve dinner. And then after dinner, my daughter and I went over to the house of some friends, Mike and my son cleaned the kitchen, which was great. Cause I had dirtied every dish in the house. Um, and so they cleaned the kitchen while my daughter and I went over to a friend's house, my best friend who lives in Portland, Oregon is in town. She moved to Portland a few years ago, and she's back, and so there was a small gathering at her mother-in-law's house, and we went over there and played piano, and my daughter played cello, and we visited and had some wine, and we actually stayed over there until midnight. It was really fun. Uh, I enjoyed being with my friends. I I miss my best friend a lot. Um, I feel like since she moved away and a couple of my other friends moved and one got married and that I don't really have many close friends Um, and so having her around was really fun anyway so then afterwards uh, my daughter went back over to Mike's and I went on home because I wanted to get a good night's sleep and I don't sleep well at Mike's Uh, they get up Mike gets up very early and the roosters crow and the dogs make a lot of noise and there's just no way to get decent sleep there. So I went home. But then very early in the morning on Christmas Day, I drove over extremely early. Like at 7 a.m., I drove over in my PJs because I wanted to be there when the kids woke up. I will note that when I went home after the little party on Christmas Eve, um, I fell into a kind of a frightening sadness. I'm not going to call it depression because I'm not a depressed person. But I fell into kind of a frightening sadness. Uh, I realized that that night was the first time ever that I did not, I was not sleeping under the same roof with my children uh, on Christmas Eve slash Christmas Day. And it was a little bit devastating for me. And I I, I know that's a strong word, but that's really the way it felt. I got home and I realized, um, oh my, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, for the first time ever, I'm not with my kids. Um, of course they were in bed asleep and then I got up in the morning and went over to Mike's at literally at 7am in my PJs and I laid back down on the sofa and waited for the kids to wake up, uh, cause I did not want them to wake up and I, I wasn't there even though they're <laughs> 18 and 15. Um, I wanted to be there and so we could open all the presents. I will say Mike did a good job of getting Christmas gifts and he wrapped them. And of course I got the kids gifts also. And, um, so they had plenty of things to open on Christmas morning and they were very happy about all of the stuff that they got. They are spoiled. Um, which is probably somewhat of a problem. Uh, they, they really are spoiled. Um, and even though my daughter is a very sweet person, she just really takes for granted the money that we have and that we give to her. You know, She doesn't have to worry at all about college tuition. And I've told Mike that I think we should let her take out a student loan and pay on it not to pay the whole, I'm talking about a really small loan so that she can feel vested in her own education and and have to pay something back. You know, her, her tuition is 2,600 a month and that takes a huge chunk of our income. That's half of my monthly pay. And, um, Tori doesn't seem to, to me, and maybe to her dad she does, but to me she doesn't seem very appreciative. I asked her to send me her her class schedule for spring, and she said, why? And I said, because I want to know what classes you're taking. And then she just listed them off, and I said, well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're taking those classes, but I want your schedule so I can see, you know, when you're in class. And she's like, why? Why do you need to see that? And I said, well, um... So I know when you're in class so that I don't, number one, call you or bug you while you're in class. And so that if there's an emergency I and I needed to reach you during the day or something like that, then I know. I mean, and plus, I'm, I'm curious about what days and times you're in class. And, you know, never mind the fact that I pay your tuition. You know, I mean, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking, you know, it's a very small thing to ask for your class schedule. Uh, anyway, she... She and I had kind of a pretty deep conversation on the phone the other day. Um, I've been trying to get some one-on-one time with her, which she does not want. And I said, you know, I'm going to keep trying to make our relationship better and be closer. I don't, I don't want to have a distant relationship. And she said that she's just pulling away because uh, I'm too controlling and she wants her freedom and that um, she needs some space and I said that's fine I told her you can have as much independence as you can have at this point in your life which frankly is not that much but I said that's fine you can have that independence and be free to do your thing but it doesn't have to come at the cost of us being close you know we can still talk to each other and, and be kind to each other and you can still try to exercise your freedom. You know, she has this idea that she wants to be all independent and that's a good thing. That's a good, healthy thing. But I don't understand the hard pushing away from me. She doesn't seem to be doing that uh, against her dad. In fact, they went apartment shopping together. She's going to be moving into an apartment. Uh, after spring semester and they went and looked at apartments and they're going to be signing a lease and I've pretty much been left out of that process which is extremely hurtful Um, because I want to I want to be helpful and I want to see where she's going to be and and all of that so um, we'll see how that goes Uh, it's it's very disheartening for me and if anything depresses me it's that but anyway then Christmas Day Uh, I was at Mike's the entire day with the kids. And again, they pretty much did their own thing. You know, they, um, my son played with his new laptop. Um, My daughter spent a lot of time packing for her trip. Uh, Mike and my daughter uh, left yesterday for Illinois. They drove back to Illinois, the St. Louis area, to be with his parents. My mom lives there. There too. But anyway, so Mike and my daughter are gone uh, until Friday or Saturday. But anyway, spent the whole day over there on Christmas Day. And it was funny because our kids were doing their own thing. And for the most part, Mike and I hung out nearly all of Christmas Day. We watched a movie together called Dunkirk. And, you know, he laid on one sofa and I laid on the other. And we hung out, watched a movie, ate more ham, um, just hung out the entire day. Finally, late in the evening, I said I had to go cause I had to work the next day. I have to work all week, which is really a drag. Uh, cause I would rather hang out with my son who's home by himself now, um, with everybody gone, but it is what it is. I'm grateful. I'm so very grateful for my new job that it's, it's fine, uh, that I'm and it, it keeps me occupied, but I'm dreading reading these papers uh, from Mike and his attorney. So today at 3.30, I will do the call with my lawyer. Boy, I, I really will be so happy to get this over with. I really want this over. I don't want to be a divorced person, but I don't want to be married to Mike. So I don't. that's just my... Epiphany, <laughs> but I—I I don't want to be married to him. He's—I um, don't know. The, the more time we've spent apart, the more weird I think he is. I think he's weird. He—I'm sure he thinks I'm totally weird too. I know he does, but then it's good, I guess. We're not together, but he—for being a professional communicator—he does not communicate with me anyway, very well. We don't communicate together very well. And he, um, he's so closed and so distant. I would describe Mike as an emotionally stunted person, I guess. He can't talk about anything that's difficult. He can't talk about feelings. He doesn't show feelings or emotions. He thinks those are weak. And that, that really hurt us. And I'm kind of the opposite. I like to talk about things and, analyze them and turn them over and look at them from different ways. That's kind of my natural way and I, I guess that's painful for him. Uh just as painful as it is for me to be kept in the dark. I can remember begging Mike to talk to me, um, if we had a disagreement or we were distant. Um and he I was always saying to him, you know, why am I always talking to the side of your head or to the back of your head? I felt like I was always talking to the back of his head. He was either walking away or turning away. That that really hurt us and I'm worried for our daughter. I don't really know about our son yet, but I'm worried that our daughter is sort of like him in that regard that she's extremely closed does not like to talk about her feelings Um, she is very introverted Um, it's probably perfect that she is going to be a veterinarian Um, she loves animals loves working with animals that's what she wants to do Um, and so She's perfect for that. She's wanted to be a veterinarian since she was a little bitty girl, like age three or four. And so being at A&M is really perfect for her. And I think that she'll do it. Uh, Eight years of of college, she'll have four years of undergrad and then four years of grad and graduate as a doctor. That's what she wants to do, and I, I hope she does it. I don't really know... What to do to try to get closer to my daughter? I know that she had a good life. She had two very good, loving, supportive parents who gave her everything and showed her nothing but love and support. Um, I look back at the pictures that we have and all the wonderful things we did, and I know she's hurting right now and she's pulling away from me. And I think she probably blames me for the divorce. And, um, she is a very religious person and I have moved away from religion and I move further and further away from it, like almost on a daily basis. I, um, love Sam Harris and I listen to Sam Harris podcast and I've read all of his books and Christopher Hitchens. I think that religion is a very poisonous thing and I think it's ruining the world. And I think we need to evolve as, as human beings. We need to move past religion and stop using it as a weapon. And frankly, also stop using religion as a reason or cause or impetus for doing good. Because there are plenty of reasons to do good in the world that don't involve religion or don't have to be endorsed by religion. We can do acts of kindness and, and take care of each other and act Benevolently, without saying it's in the name of religion, we don't need that. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't buy into to the ridiculousness of the Bible, and um, I, I can't answer all the questions about how we got here and why we're here, but I know that. Noah's Ark and Adam and Eve and all these ridiculous stories that are in the Bible are just, you know, fictitious. <laughs> and I look at what's happening in the world with all these different religions killing each other, or these people, religious people killing each other, and it's, I'm just sick of it. So sick of it. And I do not believe that Jesus was an immaculate conception for Mary and that angels visited and I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I don't believe any of those things and so I know that that bothers my daughter. At one time, I'm not saying I ever believed all of that, but at one time I was very involved in the church. I taught at a Christian school and I worked just until a couple of months ago at a Lutheran university and it was really hard because I felt like a sellout and a fake all the time um i didn't I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, and I think my daughter has some resentment around that because I put her in private school. She went to private school for sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and really got into it and really became a very strong person of faith. And during that time, being around all those Christians, I, the, I, it had the opposite effect on me. I saw them as hypocrites, judgmental unforgiving. I, I, um, being around the Christians made me want to not be around them. And so Tori and I moved in completely opposite directions. I mean, polar opposite on religion. And I think that that bothers her. And I don't know, we should maybe have that conversation. Um, if I can get her to open up and talk to me. Anyway, this has been a very long audio blog, but it's been good. So I will have to record again later after I talk to my lawyer and um, see how this goes today.